Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. Today we're featuring our whey protein in cinnamon swirl flavor, my favorite one, the one I use in all kinds of baked goods. You've heard me talk about this one before. We use it as a way to add a little bit of protein to, you know, treats and muffins and pancakes and things that I like and our kids like and that otherwise would be pretty devoid of protein. Um, So we use it as a good way to increase the protein, which increases the satiety, helps you feel full for longer, helps you repair, grow, build, all those good things. All those good things. So today's episode, we're going to talk about nickels versus $100 bills. Yeah. Coming from the phrase, stepping over $100 bills to pick up nickels, meaning you are ignoring something of high value to you in pursuit of like a shiny thing (laughs) that's not actually worth that much for you. Um, so nickels over hundred dollar bills, we see this happen lots in the fitness industry, not necessarily, you know, in, in the small microcosm of our gym, but just the fitness world in general, Mm -hmm. people spending their time or money or effort, um, on the wrong things, on the shiny things instead of the hundred dollar bills. So we're going to kind of go through a list of, of what's what. Okay. So I guess we'll start out by talking about movements in general, right? Often people get, um, obsessed with one single movement it's kind of like their their crowning goal it's they want to be able to do a muscle up or they want to be able to do a handstand push-up or something like that and we've seen in the past where somebody will come in and avoid the regular program the regular classes in pursuit of the the one movement so they get five hours a week to work out and they spend three of those hours doing muscle up progressions and maybe two of those hours doing other things and I've never seen that work out in a, in a good way. Yeah. So if we're talking about CrossFit mm-hmm. is what we believe the best way to achieve fitness. Yeah. Fitness is work capacity across broad time and modal domain. So CrossFitters, we're trying to be broadly good at a lot of things. We are a general mm-hmm. physical training program, not specializing. And so it's kind of easy to fall into this trap of, oops, all of a sudden you're specializing. Yeah. Specializing is fine if that's the goal, as long as you understand clearly, like if I want to run a marathon, it's a very specialized goal. I want to um, set a powerlifting record. It's Mm -hmm. a very specialized goal. It's going to come at the sacrifice of some of your other areas of fitness. So if if you're aware of that, that's fine. Yeah. But if you're trying to create fitness (laughs) and you're going about it by spending, like you said, your limited time in the gym, maybe you only get in for an hour, five days a week. And that's, I mean, how many of us are making it in five days a week, right? Yeah. That's, that's still plenty. Um, and you're dedicating maybe three of those five sessions in the gym to one particular mm-hmm. modality, um, that you're missing out on your fitness. Yeah, for sure. And I think if, if somebody can, you know, get their five workouts in and reap all the benefits of doing the program and still spend a little bit of extra time on a skill, then that's great. Sure. But you should never sacrifice your fitness for the pursuit of one specific movement or, or whatever. Yeah. So the shiny thing, the nickel is focusing <laughs> too much of your time on some sexy move, sexy move, the ones that get you the likes on Instagram, the <laughs> heavy snatch, the muscle up, the handstand walking, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the hundred dollar bill, the thing that's actually of value to you is showing up to a class with a coach, do the programming, try hard at across broad time and modal domains, do, mm-hmm. do lots of And often things. like they'll, they've always talked about the beauty of, of doing a variety of different movements um, is it's going to help you achieve more in the movements you want to get to. Right. So in a, in a regular, a good 
balanced CrossFit program, you're going to be doing pull-ups and push-ups and ring dips and all that kind of stuff. That's going to help you get towards a muscle up. You can, you know, fully just do a muscle up program and maybe get there a little bit quicker, but you're, again, you're sacrificing your, your fitness to do so. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's well worth just showing up for the classes, doing the work. And then if you have a little bit of extra time and you want to work on something, then cool. Yeah. Um, okay. The next one on there is spending lots of money on expensive recovery tools. Right. And we could, we could make a long list of all of them. So there's like, I don't need to call them up by name, <laughs> massage guns and nifty scraper tools. And like all these things are going to help you recover better. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, train harder or train more often or PR your numbers or whatever. That to me is the nickel. That's the shiny thing. <laughs> If you're trying to recover better, the $100 bill is get eight hours of sleep, right. quality, good sleep. So if you're not sleeping well, you have poor sleep habits, and you're like, ah, I'm not going to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's boring. I'm going to spend all this money on tools and treatments and tricks and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If you don't sleep well, you'd be better off taking that 500 bucks and spending it figuring out why you don't sleep well, right. mastering the art of a good night's sleep, because that's... That's the hundred dollar bill. Yeah. It's really going to get you somewhere for sure. It, it just makes everything better from the inside out, right? It improves mm -hmm. your hormone levels. It allows you to recover properly and, and train harder, way more than just a massage or something like that. Yeah. Do now, if you're getting eight hours of sleep and you want to like, you know, take that recovery to the next level, for sure, those things are great. Mm -hmm. But you can't sacrifice your sleep and buy a foam roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work that yeah. way. And that's where like. Back to the phrase where we started with it, stepping over the $100 bill mm -hmm. to pick up the nickel. So it means, yeah, if you can pick up a $100 bill and go grab the nickel, mm -hmm. go for it, yeah. right? But if you're not doing the high value thing in pursuit of the yeah. low value thing. For sure. And we've talked a little bit about all the benefits of, of sleep in yes. the past. I'm going to keep talking about it every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the number one thing you can do to promote better health and recovery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm going to stir the pot a little bit on this one. Oh, snap. Uh, tracking your macros. Oh. I'm calling it a nickel. Okay. It's a nickel. I'm calling it a nickel. I'm calling <laughs> it a shiny thing that too many people get lulled into thinking that that's the path to whatever they're looking for, body composition or um, athletic performance or whatever. Yeah. I think the $100 bill there is mm -hmm. learning to cook real food at home. Right. Tracking your macros is um, tremendously labor intensive. It's a huge pain in the butt to do it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> controversial opinion alert. I don't think it's that valuable. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's getting you very far. And especially not if you're still continuing to eat in restaurants quite a bit or you're mm -hmm. eating processed food or you're eating junk food and you're just tracking, you know, that yeah. bowl of ice cream or that trip to Tim Hortons or trip to Wendy's or whatever. Like, yeah. um, I... I think you're stepping over the hundred dollar bill. Right. So priority number one, learn. proper quality of food, learn yeah. to cook well. Yeah. Has to be, and I quantify that with like, learn to cook at home, real food. Right. You can't be like, oh, I put a pop tart in the microwave. I cooked at home. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no. Real whole fresh ingredients, you know, local seasonal from nearby if possible. The CrossFit nutrition prescription, meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Mm -hmm. And you're building and creating good, real wholesome meals out of that. 
So you're saying weighing and measuring my Big Mac and fries is not <laughs> the path to performance. Not where you need to be putting your effort. <laughs> okay. And if you're not a person that is used to cooking for yourself, that it does it does take a lot of effort yeah. for sure. And I, I, I won't pretend that it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I think your effort is better spent on um, finding recipes and learning to cook and learning how to make real healthy food delicious mm-hmm. um, rather than the energy intensive weighing and measuring and tracking and entering it all into an app. Right. So what about, okay, somebody that's doing their Sunday prep day and, and weighing and measuring their, their food that they're cooking themselves. Do you, do you see any benefits to that or not really? So I think sometimes people will say, you know, okay, so the, um, meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, that's like mm-hmm. the prescription for wellness, right? You just eat whole fresh unprocessed foods. You're going to get 80% of the way there. And then what if you want that lot? What if you want the nickel, mm-hmm. right? What's the nickel past that point? Um, I think if you want to take a deeper dive into your nutrition, that it doesn't, um, the nickel isn't quantifying how much of those things you're eating. Mm-hmm. I think you start to get into, which is the stuff that I love to do, wear a continuous glucose monitor. How are these foods impacting your blood sugar? How, when you eat them at different times of the day or in different combinations, how's that going? Maybe, you know, doing some, you know, if you're on a ketogenic diet, you're doing finger prick blood tests for um, beta hydroxybutyrate in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going and getting regular blood work at your doctor. Maybe you're working with an alternative healthcare practitioner to test like vitamin and nutrient levels and um, starting to make your nutrition much more personalized. Right. Um, to me, it's calling all grams of fat the same and calling all grams of protein equivalent and all mm-hmm. grams of carbs equivalent is um, silly. Right. <laughs> there are some protein that is very necessary and beneficial and helpful. And there are other types of proteins that can be quite harmful. The same thing with fats. There's some that are essential and necessary and they build, you know, your brain and your hormones and keep you functioning well. And then there's other types of fat that are harmful and potentially toxic and Mm -hmm. cancer inducing and everything. So to just take some arbitrary macro prescription and go all grams of fat are the same, all grams of protein are the same. And I'm going to eat the same amount of them every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that's, that's not the nickel. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe from the base of cooking real food, mostly at home, maybe you still have some problems, uh, gut sensitivities or skin problems, and you start to undertake an elimination diet. And you're like, I'm going to start to take things out and then put them back in and find what are my trigger foods and how can I make this already pretty good thing even better. Mm -hmm. And so So you've done the ultimate like elimination diet, which was the carnivore diet for a little while. Mm -hmm. Is that good jumping off point that you would recommend based on your experience? Yeah. It would depend on the individual. And I think that's what you're, what we're getting at. If you want to tinker is now we're starting to individualize, personalize something to you. Mm -hmm. It would depend what's the struggle and what are you trying to accomplish? Right. What's, what's the problem you're trying to solve and then experimenting with ways that potentially could solve that problem. Right. So if you are eating real whole unprocessed foods and you feel good and your moods are stable and you sleep well and you're performing as you want to in the gym. I don't see any need to do anything further from there. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, ah, all those things are good, but um, I still am getting crazy breakouts in my skin. It's like, all right, let's find what's triggering acne for you. Right. You're like, oh, I feel pretty good, but I can't seem to sleep more than five hours. I just wake up. Okay, let's figure that out. Or, oh, I feel pretty good, but you know, I have this like chronic runny nose ear infection thing. Mm-hmm or chronic gut problems or whatever it is, mm-hmm. if there is still something that you would like to deal with, then I think you start to like personalize from there. Right. So less about volume, quantity, more yeah. about quality. 
more about quality and then finding the right foods for you and then start to tinker. Yeah. Yeah. Find the right foods for you. You like to geek out on that. I do. I like to geek out (laughs) on that stuff a lot. So, um, I (laughs) wholeheartedly endorse a good self experiment. And the tough thing about that whole world is that everybody is a little bit different and you're going to react differently than other people might. So you Mm -hmm. really do have to figure it out for yourself. You can't just assume because it worked for Joe internet guy that it's going to work perfectly for you Mm -hmm. as well. So, and what works at one point in your life doesn't necessarily work forever. Things will change through different stages of your life. Um, you know, growth or for, you know, females, we go through pregnancy and then postpartum and then later menopause and like all kinds of things change substantially. And what works at one point will not necessarily work for your whole life. So you have to be open to like reevaluating continuously throughout things might change yeah i don't think i do well on my college uh 80 percent craft dinner diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i don't you think do. it's gonna work for me anymore yeah <laughs> so the hundred dollar bill cook real food yeah mostly at home um the nickel if you want it is start to tinker with individualizing and testing um and maybe with the support of a healthcare professional yeah and it's a long process. It's not like you can just tinker over a weekend and oh, get no. to go. It's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's gonna take your some whole time. life. You, you, you've been doing this for years. Yeah, and I plan to. I'm, I'm never gonna. Yeah. Be like, I'm done. I figured it all out. There's always things to figure. And like I said, just when I feel like I've got it figured out, things will change. Yeah. When are we gonna start tinkering with donuts? <laughs> <laughs> I think I tried that. Oh, okay. I think we talked about that. That right. was our car backloading phase. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good times. <laughs> Didn't work out so yeah. well if for a bit. Yeah. Not sustainable. <laughs> Not sustainable. <laughs> okay, next one. Oh, heart rate monitors. Oh, we're stirring the favorite. pot again. Yeah. This is, I think you have a, I don't know. I think you have a thing against heart rate monitors, okay. like aggressively. Uh, oh, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay, so like monitoring your heart rate yeah. during a workout, which presumably... Someone would be doing that to try to gain the right stimulus from mm. the workout. I I suppose would be why someone is doing that. Yeah. Um, in CrossFit, we're concerned with work capacity across broad modal domains. We're going to do a lot of different things. It's well known that say take your VO2 max. Mm-hmm. How much oxygen can you consume? A VO2 max test is normally done on a treadmill, but it's well known. No exercise physiologist would argue this, that your VO2 max on a treadmill is going to be different than your VO2 max swimming in a pool, yeah. different than your VO2 max on a rower. Yeah. So it's not like one static number, it's one number in one modality. Right. So if we're trying to gain the right training benefit, but we're doing CrossFit and we do a ton of different stuff, mm-hmm. CrossFit, we like power output, Yeah. which is a word we use interchangeably with intensity. Right. Power is measurable. Weight times distance divided by the time. How much does it weigh? How far did you move it? Divided by how long did it take you? Mm-hmm. So in CrossFit, I would much rather people spend time prioritizing, paying attention to their power output. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your heart rate's doing. Right. I care what your what <clears throat> your work capacity is capable of doing at that whatever your heart rate is. I care what your capacity to do work yeah. is at that heart rate. Yeah. So how many thrusters can you do in a row before you have to put the barbell down? What does the wattage number on the echo bike say? How fast can you run a 400 meter? Mm-hmm. Like pay attention to the power output of what your body is doing, yeah. which is the intensity. Pay attention to the intensity. Um, the heart rate is is much less important. Yeah. 
it's a poor variable mm-hmm. to track even it's they'll have your zone where it's like you're supposed to stay in this zone and if you go above this zone you're gonna die and then someone will do a crossfit workout and they'll be like they'll be tired but they'll be fine and mm-hmm. like, oh shit i'm supposed to be dead right now <laughs> my heart rate's through the roof but yeah i think your heart and your lungs are just like any other muscle or you know thing you need to train it hard to make it better and if you never go into those heart rate spikes then you're kind of limiting your your progress Mm -hmm. and when people wear a monitor and and walk like to make sure their heart rate isn't getting too high Mm -hmm. it's like that's silly to me it doesn't it doesn't make sense like you should just be trying as hard as you can and trying to like get the intensity stimulus so that you Mm -hmm. like reap the benefits of doing the actual training yeah and (laughs) i think my hostility towards heart rate monitors as you pointed out stems from excuse me being too hung up on what your watch says Mm -hmm. to me makes people disconnected from their own bodies yeah from the internal state of your body you should be able to just reflect inward yeah how am i doing right now at what threshold am i of my max capacity yeah you shouldn't need to look at a heart rate monitor to tell you to take a break you should know yourself well enough to know I can do three more reps and I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Or no, if I do three more reps, I'm going to end up in a hole I can't get out of. Yeah. Um, and I, I think nobody knows your internal state better than you, not a monitor, not a little electronic, none of that stuff knows you better than you. Yeah. And that the tool that's supposed to maybe help you know yourself better sometimes ends up making you making it worse, making you more disconnected from yourself. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh, well I felt fine, but but this thing says my heart rate's at 185. I guess I better take a break. Mm-hmm. You're like, but if you didn't know that it said 185, would you have taken a break? Yeah. Would you and have I, needed to take a break? And I think runners especially will use it as a way to like make sure they don't bonk, as they call it in the race, right? Well, they'll like, they'll try to keep their heart rate down so that later on they don't blow up and, and whatever. But, and that's one thing if you're like, you're in a competition where that's part of the strategy that everybody's using and like mm-hmm. everybody knows they need to do this to perform. But in training, that doesn't make any sense. You know, if you're going to bonk anywhere, you should bonk in training and like <laughs> max out your body and like get stronger because of it. You know, if you never push the limits, then how do you ever get any fitter? Yeah. You know? It's the benefit of doing like hill sprints versus a low, slow distance you know, training. You're going to get way more from doing hill sprints than you are from just casually running down the block for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think the... The $100 bill there is pay attention to your work capacity, your work output. Mm -hmm. What can you, and get to know yourself better. Yeah. Focus more on the internal state. And you should know yourself well enough after a few years of experience with CrossFit, a few hundred workouts under your belt to know, I know exactly how many thrusters I can do Mm -hmm. safely, comfortably. (laughs) I know how many thrusters I can do, but man, it's going to hurt. Yeah. And how many thrusters I can do unbroken where I can do it, but that's the end of the workout. I'm going to need to lay on the ground after. Right. right? So it's like, those are, what do you want to call them? Gears. I know mm-hmm. my three gears. If this is a 20 minute workout, I'm going to stay in gear one. If this yeah. is a five minute workout, I'm going to stay in gear two. And if it's a one minute sprint, I'm going to go to gear three. So For sure. know yourself better. Don't be a slave to a, a dictator yeah. of a little electronic. And, and even in your training, like if you only ever like game the workout instead of just like do something to get fitter or get mm-hmm. better you're always going to be holding yourself back right if i if i got a 20 minute amrap ahead of me and i just like coast through the first 10 minutes it's like yeah you might perform better in the second half but you're not that's not making you fitter that's not making you better i remember a lot of our like highest level athletes could just 
destroy themselves and like barely hang on for the end of the workout right but they would get their body would react better to that and Mm -hmm. it's super uncomfortable place to go to but you get way fitter by doing that not a smart game day decision no you're not going to do that (laughs) in your event that you're training for but as far as like your day-to-day training and you know trying to get stronger fitter faster yeah and and i do think if you do that it's okay. So do if we want to call it making a mistake, it would be a mistake mm-hmm. in, in a game day situation. For sure. You need to make some mistakes in the gym to know where is your threshold of this is a mistake Yeah, and learn to push under a very uncomfortable physiologic condition, maybe a very high heart rate. Cause guess what? You throw yourself into a competition. Yeah. You're going to be nervous. Your heart rate's going to be higher than usual. Like mm-hmm. you need to be comfortable with knowing yourself. So there isn't also an element of panic. Right. You're like, I've never felt this before. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Um, so that it makes some mistakes, mistakes, not really a mistake. Yeah. Find the line, find the limit in the gym and then you know how to handle yourself For sure. better. Yeah. Cause you're not going to get into your, your game day performance thing and just be like, Oh, I'm going to stop. My heart rate's too high. You're going to yeah. keep pushing. And if that's the first time you've ever pushed through a high heart rate, then you're probably going to end up in trouble. Yeah. One of my, memories burned into my mind. I don't run very often, but (laughs) (laughs) we're in Hawaii. This is a couple years ago. And it was, I was awake early, you know, the time change or whatever. And I beautiful run along the beach in the morning. Sun's kind of rising. Like I'm going to put my sneakers on. I'm just going to go for a run. No headphones, no watch. I just kind of like ducked out of the house and just enjoying the beauty of the surroundings and happy for this healthy body that can do this if I wanted to and just like generally enjoying the situation. Running as fast as I feel like I can, you know, Mm -hmm. sustain. The number of people that were out there for their morning jog that were just like head down, eyes down, watching their stupid little monitors, completely missing Mm -hmm. the beauty of the situation they were in was heartbreaking. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my God, you guys, like, it was like a bunch of zombies. Hard mm-hmm. uh, rides zones. <laughs> Instead of being like, lift your eyes up, look at the sunrise over the ocean, like, yeah. just breathe, just enjoy that your body can do this. It was like, it was tragic in a way yeah. to watch. And that, that always stuck with me because I was like, oh, I just want to go like take all these things off you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, none of my business. Yeah. What other people do, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, at the very least, yeah. unhinge yourself from the electronics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we're talking about cardio already. So <coughs> let's talk about another shiny nickel. Mm-hmm. Adding more cardio yeah. <laughs> to your, assuming you're doing CrossFit yeah. four or five days a week pretty consistently. I've heard this a few times before. People are like, oh, my cardio really sucks. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start running a few days a week or oh, I'm going to some beach vacation. I want to lose a few pounds. I think I'm going to start running a few mm-hmm. days a week. So it almost always comes from one of those two things, thinking that they need better cardio, work capacity, metabolic conditioning, we'll call it, or yeah. they want to lose a few LBs. Yeah. And Or KGs. KGs. Yes, we are in <laughs> Canada after all. <laughs> Sports pounds or... <laughs> Sports pounds. Um, yes, what would you say is the... If we're calling that the nickel, what's yeah. the $100 bill? Um, like if somebody wants to lose weight and get fitter. Yeah. I think like trying, like we talked about in the other podcast, trying harder on the heavy days and strength days or the strength days and uh, sprint days. Mm-hmm. And then like dialing in your nutrition. Those are the two things. Yeah. Yeah. So exercise wise, what's going to support 
Lifting heavy Leaning and out. <laughs> yeah, and getting fitter. Yeah. Lifting heavy and sprinting. Yeah. Um, which is the opposite of what the go-to people are like, no. oh, I probably need to put in more time, more hours. Yeah. You know, get those sneakers to hit the pavement, burn those cows. Yeah. Um, and I think it stems from you can have temporary success in adding some extra cardio or whatever, right? Like, because anything will work temporarily, right? You can go on a low-fat diet and lose some weight for the first couple of weeks, just like anything else. But eventually, it kind of has the negative, you know, effect. You start to, like, fluctuate the other way. Mm-hmm. And you see it often where somebody will be like, oh, I'm going, to the, I'm going to Mexico for a week or whatever. And so they, like, bump up the cardio and they change their diet. And then they get to me- Mexico and they stop cardio entirely. They stop <laughs> working out and they bump the, like, food intake way up. And then they lost maybe four pounds leading up to Mexico and then they gained 10 pounds <laughs> in Mexico, right? Yeah. So it's like it's like a short term sort of benefit for a long term loss. Yeah. And I don't know that I would agree that I've ever seen anybody bump up their cardio and, and successfully lean out. I don't, maybe I've heard, I've heard people do it. Like that's, it's the old school bodybuilder thing, right? Where it's like, Oh, you got to get up and do your 14 hours of cardio in the morning. Yeah. I think it has to be accompanied with nutrition. For sure. Yeah. You can't just hit a Big Mac afterwards. (laughs) I'm getting skinny. (laughs) So, and we talked about this in our, how to get lean. There's a whole podcast on that. If you're interested in this topic and you missed that one, which is if you want to get leaner, you got to adapt your body Mm -hmm. to, um, burning more fuel at rest, which comes through, um, heavyweight training prioritize and you got to push, you know, you got to try hard, got to apply intensity to the heavyweights, the squats and the deadlifts and stuff. Um, and then if you want to improve your metabolic conditioning the crossfit way of saying cardio Mm -hmm. it's your ability to breathe heavy we don't use the term cardio Mm -hmm. because people tend to think of like a globo gym right where the cardio machines are over here they think we call those monostructural movements yeah running rowing skipping things you can do high repetition cyclical kinds of movements but we do all kinds of things that make us out of breath yeah right thrusters make you very out of breath wall balls make you very out of breath those aren't cardio movements that's metabolic conditioning yeah the way you approve your work capacity or metabolic conditioning is sprinting yeah so you don't need to run 10k you need to do a tabata echo bike Mm -hmm. which (laughs) for comfort (laughs) almost any of us would be like i'll just run 10k forget it (laughs) you know um because it that four minutes of that tabata which is eight rounds of 20 seconds sprint, 10 seconds of rest. So it takes just under four minutes Yeah, is uncomfortable, Yeah, but highly effective. Yeah. The uncomfortable sprints will stimulate your body to like burn fuel and lose some of the weight you're holding on to. Whereas the low, the LSD training will, will eventually tell your body to hope retain that weight and mm-hmm. hold on to your stores. As a note, LSD training is long, slow distance, not mm. going for runs high on acid. <laughs> now that would be fun. That is that a nickel or would that be a hundred dollar bill? I'm not sure that there's been a study. That's like a that's a full that. Bitcoin, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're on to something here. Ooh, new podcast episode idea. <laughs> uh, yes, sprint back on track. Sprinting stimulates lipolysis, which is the fat breakdown. Yep stimulates your working muscle cells to take up sugar better. So it helps you manage your blood sugar, um, allows you to manage your blood sugar with less insulin. So all of those good things um, that help you manage your weight. So whether it's 
better work capacity, better body composition, or both, mm-hmm. the path to that is heavy days and sprinting, yeah. not adding more LSD. More, more LSD. <laughs> not adding more LSD. <laughs> and f- nutrition, of course, has to be. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, next one. Filling up your cabinets with supplements. Yeah. Rather than real food. Right. Yeah, it's... I think the rule, like the supplements aren't a bad thing, but the rule of the supplement is to fill in the little holes that you're not getting from nutrition. And it's, it should normally be because the food supply has just changed. And what used to be a good source of a nutrient just isn't really there anymore because they manufacture it or process it or the feed of the animals isn't as good as it used to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the word is literally supplement, yeah, which means supplemental mm-hmm. on top of of the base of something else, right? It shouldn't be that you're taking 27 different vitamins and, you know, powders and shakes and goos and bars. Mm -hmm. And at no point did you interact with anything that looked like real food. Yeah. And supplements are expensive, right? So in terms of like the shiny thing, people get, you know, thinking they need to spend this money and this will be the thing that, you know, gets me leaner, fitter, faster. When again, the hundred dollar bill there is, Real food. Mm-hmm. And if you can cook it at home, even better. Yeah. But real quality, fresh, local, seasonal, you know, yeah. get it from nearby. And there's, it's arguable whether a lot of supplements are even absorbed into your body. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the science sometimes supports it and sometimes does not. So yeah. it's tough to know, you know, like vitamin C and you take a bunch of vitamin C and then your urine just changes color. <laughs> well, I'm actually benefiting from this or am I just, yeah. you know peeing kool-aid now what's what's (laughs) what's happening here and like like you said i do think some supplements have their place and they're necessary but only to fill in holes and whether it's you know we developed the only vitamin we've developed so far is k2 yeah because it's very difficult to find it in the modern food supply yeah you need vitamin k2 if you're not shelling out the money to buy grass-fed butter and grass-fed beef then you're going to be deficient in K2, so you may need to supplement. Mm-hmm. Other minerals like magnesium. Magnesium in the soil and therefore in the plants that grow from that soil has been depleted by as much as 30 to even 60% in the last few decades. Mm-hmm. So even if you're making an effort to eat real whole unprocessed food, you may still need to um, fill in those holes a little bit with some supplements, but right. should be able to get the majority of it Yeah, from real food taking 38 different vitamins a day you might be <laughs> missing out on some yeah and if opportunities with food i mean that's sort of the the plant-based diet thing is it's it's so nutritionally incomplete that mm-hmm. in order to not suffer severe health consequences it requires you to take like a boatload of of supplements every day that's not a good diet yeah that's not a complete human appropriate yeah diet for sure um shall we stir the pot some more okay <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call this whole episode Stir in the Pot. Stir in the Pot. All right. Individualized programming. Ah. <laughs> There's people out there that make their entire career about this, and, and that's okay. Um, I think there's a time and a place for individualized programming, for sure. If you are a high-level, high-performing athlete, and you're already one of the best in the world at certain areas, and there's just one or two things that you need to work on, for sure. You need to do some individualized programming but what i think we're seeing more and more of now 
is that even those top level athletes are seeing the benefit of doing those things with other people. And mm-hmm. so you saw Tia Toomey starting to train with Matt Frazier. Neither one of them could be touched by anybody else, but they started training together because they work harder on their weaknesses when they're doing it with somebody else. So the real benefit in CrossFit, I think, is working out with other people. And everybody has weaknesses and everybody has strengths, but relative to the best in the world, we all just have weaknesses. You know, I I consider myself to be pretty good at pull-ups. If you compare me to the top-level CrossFit, I suck at pull-ups, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to not train pull-ups anymore just because that's one of my strengths. I still need to work on those. But if I just train by myself in my garage, I'm going to miss out on on the thing that really makes people better, and that's suffering together and and Mm -hmm. pushing each other to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. Yeah. So when we say individualized programming, we're talking about paying a coach to write a program specific to you yeah. that you are going to execute by yourself. Yeah. So they market it as, um, well, it's specific to you. It's tailored to you and your needs and your weaknesses. And we'll write this, you know, exactly in your progression and your season and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, there's a place for that. Yeah. And the hundred dollar bill that we're stepping over, presumably to go after the shiny nickel of like, Ooh, my own special program is training in a group setting with other people. Right. So we're foregoing that. So we're talking about for the average CrossFit gym goer, the average person that just wants to be fit, yep. maybe a little fitter, maybe a little leaner, whatever. The the $100 bill there is show up consistently, gain some connections with a community of like-minded people, mm-hmm. use the energy of being around those people to have you push a little harder. Maybe you are a little bit more accountable, a little bit more dedicated because somebody's like going to miss you if you're not there that day. Yeah. Um, all of the benefits that you gain from being part of the community and then also having the coach there yeah. to help you implement that program and correct your movement. And yeah, um, there's plenty of people that can work out on their own. They can find the motivation to like get started and get going, but unless they're very you know, good at the movements, they could be doing things less efficient or improperly, Mm -hmm. which increases risk of injury and just makes it less effective all around. They potentially aren't going to work nearly as hard as if they're just with buddies or, or in a class setting, you know, there's just Mm -hmm. like, I work out on my own a fair amount, but that's only because of like time wise, Mm -hmm. it's hard to make it into it's that or nothing. Yeah. And every time I work out in a class it's always like, Oh shit, I tried way harder on that than I would have on my own. Yeah. So the people that really struggle to try hard, they need something. They need somebody there to keep them working and mm-hmm. keep them motivated, you know. And again, we're talking about, you know, the average mm-hmm. CrossFit gym goer. Like you said, the average person, if we're being honest with ourselves, we're all bad at everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get better at everything. Because yeah. are any of us as good as Tia Claire Toomey or Justin Medeiros at anything? No. Yeah. So we all need to get better at everything, which means we can do a general fitness program. Yeah work across broad time and modal domains and we're going to make improvements across all sorts of things as we should. We're going to do a whole episode at some point about individualizing within a group program and Mm -hmm. how you can tinker and tilt things towards like a certain goal or weakness that you, that you want to address. But it, it definitely doesn't mean that you have to abandon the entire idea of training with other people. Yeah. I think it's, it's super important. And, And now like look at all the high level people, right? The mayhem camp, it's getting bigger and bigger and they all train together and they don't like, I'm sure they do some of their own stuff on their own as like accessory work, but when they do their, like their lifting and their wads and stuff, they're all doing it together. They're pushing each other. 
there's just something about that team dynamic that makes people work way harder than they would mm-hmm. on their own. I will tell another story <clears throat> of what made me fairly hostile towards an individualized work. I'm so, I'm, I'm, we're not, I'm not in we're a mood to be hostile, but apparently I am today. Just getting this all just, off my chest. Just you guys. venting. This just is just venting. a venting session today. <laughs> um, we were on vacation in another, in a different CrossFit gym. Lots of visitors there. Everybody's like on holidays and stuff. And we're in the class. I love going to classes at other CrossFit gyms um, when we're in other cities. One of my favorite things to do. You get to meet cool people. I, you know, pick up some cues and warm up ideas and things from the other coaches. Um, (laughs) This is also an aside. Sometimes I learn things that I don't like and we file that away under (laughs) not going to run things that way. But anyway, so in this class, there's this older couple there. So not, um, these are not CrossFit Games athletes, hopefuls. These are just normal people that want to be fit. They have their little pieces of paper and they are bumbling around this gym trying to figure out what to do on this individualized program that someone has convinced them that they need. They don't know what most of the movements are. They're in the way because they're trying to do this in a gym that's not theirs while a class is going on. The Mm -hmm. owners have sort of reluctantly said like, okay. So they're already in the way. The quality of what they're doing is not good because they don't know the movements well and there's there's no coach there helping them implement the program yeah um there's no intensity to what they're doing because they're just sort of looking confused yeah around everywhere and they're missing out on the fun of being in the group and meeting new friends in a new place and working out with other cool people and that you wouldn't you know you're on vacation you get to meet new people that's like half the fun you get Mm -hmm. to go find the other little weirdo crossfitters in some new city yeah and that, again, was one of those moments where I was like, this is a tragedy, what is happening right here. Somebody yeah. has convinced these people and hoodwinked them out of presumably hundreds of dollars to write this specialized program for them. And is this is all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's, they're not having fun. There's no intensity. They're not doing these movements well. The execution of the program is not going well. Mm-hmm. And, and like what they were missing out on as they were, they made it as far as working out on vacation, which most people will not do. Yep. So they're, they're putting in, effort and presumably had put up a bunch of money for this program yeah and yet what they were getting out of it was seemingly very little yeah so I went oh man like this is this is not yeah yeah, it was too bad and I just felt like man these people could be doing so much better for themselves if they just just show up to the class get your workout in you're on holidays then go hit the beach you know and this is us and like we used to be personal trainers right so we used to work with people one-on-one and when we switched over to group training classes when when you got pregnant, we never went back to one-on-one mm-hmm. training because people worked so much harder in a group. Because even when you're, like, working one-on-one with somebody, it's like you tend to feel like you need to chat and you need to, like, you know, like, am I doing this right? And you're asking questions and you're like, you're, the intensity drops because mm-hmm. you're, you know somebody's just staring at you directly and, you know, it's, it's less of an environment for intensity than being in a group setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've we've written a zillion personalized programs for people and then learned what do we care about? We care yeah. about what works. Yeah. And what do we want? We want people to show up consistently. Yeah. Number one, the most important thing about any program is the one that you will do. Yeah. The one that you will show up to do. When you'll try the hardest. The one and then if you'll show up and do it, then the next best program is the one that you'll try hard on. Yeah. And then etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So like what makes people show up and want to do it? It should be fun. Mm-hmm. It should be a fun part of your day. Unless, and I keep trying to quantify this to say we're not talking about, you know, 
the upper 0.001% of CrossFit athletes that are pursuing this as their profession. That's a whole different thing. We're not talking about that. Yeah. We're just talking about normal people. Yeah. Normal people. I want to be super fit. I remember writing like programs for specific people and I would, you know, do a workout and be like, oh, that's a great workout. And like, why wouldn't I do this with my class as well? Like, this is a great workout. If it's going to work for this person, it's going to work for my class as well. And then it kind of makes you realize that it's like, well, this person's no better at the, uh, all this stuff than most random people. It's like, why does this person need their own specialized thing? It's like, they just need to be better at everything. So they should just be working out. And, you know, obviously there's certain people that can't get to a class because they're, they live out on an acreage or something and they, they have no choice, but to be in on their own when they're working out. And okay, sure. If you decide you want like a specific custom age thing for you, then great. But I feel like it's not about the program. It's about the, the effort you put into that program. So if you want to get a custom one and pay hundreds of dollars a month, cool. If you want to just like follow one for free on online, then cool. Um, but the more you can get in and work out with other people, I think the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to recap, mm-hmm. our nickel was specializing, focusing on one movement at the sacrifice of other things. The hundred dollar bill was show up and work on Broad fitness. Broad spectrum of fitness. Yeah, show up to the classes. Uh, the nickel was shelling out your hard-earned bucks for expensive recovery tools when the $100 bill was sleep well, sleep get well. your eight hours of sleep. Yep. Um, nickel was tracking your macros. $100 bill was learning to cook real food at home and then maybe tinkering with blood work, testing, elimination diets, like individualizing or specializing for you mm-hmm. from that point. Um Nickel was heart rate monitors, caring what your heart rate is. The $100 bill was caring what your work capacity is. Mm-hmm. What can you do? What yep. can your body produce? Um, nickel was <laughs> LSD cardio. Long, slow distance for either improvement in your cardio conditioning or weight loss. Mm-hmm. The $100 bill there is heavy strength days and sprinting. Yep. Really to accomplish either one of of those things, both of those will get you to what you want. Nickel, taking a million pills and powders, supplements and stuff instead of real food, mm-hmm. rather than building the base of real food. And again, back to the like cook real food at home and then just filling in a few little gaps as needed. And then um, paying a lot of money for an individualized program when the $100 bill is. Just show up, find your tribe, Community. work hard with cool yeah. people. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with nickels. Nickels still add up. <laughs> but if you're doing them at, at the cost of a $100 bill, you're just... Don't step over the $100 bills right. in pursuit of the shiny thing. Yeah. Yes. You can get a lot of nickels for $100. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. See you in the next one.